0: to the show. This is episode six, Perspectives. Today, we're going to introduce a new person to the show. His name is Mike Mahurin, and I will let him introduce himself during the show. Stay and listen. Enjoy. And my camera keeps on freezing. This is just outstanding. (laughs) Once again, tech has failed us. Gotta blame the tech support in the family.
1: <laughs> well, I gotta admit, it's a it's a pretty good profile picture of you. Is that your good side?
0: <laughs> well, that would have you would have to ask my wife on that one. I don't think I have a good side.
1: Well, it looks like you're you're staring into uh staring into the future. Oh now you're staring the other way. Hey <laughs> you unfroze. Hey. All right.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. I, I've gotta look my that camera I bought specifically for recording shows and it starts overheating at about 30 minutes oh my gosh yeah not so much fun
1: different background i'm gonna try facing where i was at because uh it looks like you
0: have a bright idea above your head
1: yeah ah (laughs) so anyway how was your week my week was great i um i am uh uh, we're on the tail end of a uh of a quick trip down south texas way um we uh we went to the texas a&m uh spring football game they called it the maroon and white game and um watched uh watched <laughs> the number one uh college football recruiting class in the country uh looked incredibly average <laughs> which, which i don't know if that's if that's uh by design or what but uh it's it, none of these uh none of these uh, great quarterbacks or receiver receivers look very good but i guess uh i guess if that's the number one class maybe that just means everybody else is as god-awful as uh, they looked as well but uh you know um expectations are very high this year and uh the aggies are gonna have to uh you know make some hay this year or um you know, a lot of things could be going. I mean, they're they're pretty patient down there, but uh they're paying a lot of money for Jimbo Fisher to bring home a championship. And you know, beating Alabama last year was a good first start, but um going eight and four like they did and um, uh missing out uh two years ago on a uh on one of the BCS uh bids. Um even though we thought that was kind of uh that was kind of a uh a hatchet job inside. But uh, they they basically have very few room for, ex- have very little room for excuses at this point. Hey, well, I was, uh, I never could follow that-
0: college football that much,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but then again, I've got two great football teams in the back in my backyard and I don't follow either one of them.
1: Oh, okay. okay. Stanford and Cal. Well, <laughs> ah. Oh, you don't include the 49ers in that. Huh? Okay.
0: Oh, no, no. I said college, not 49ers college ball. Oh, okay. No, the okay. 49ers, I've been a fan since I could oh god, I could walk.
1: Yeah. I mean, in fact, my uh my old man was uh was sort of a big 49ers fan. He wanted me to he, he had these dreams of his uh, son playing in the in the Kizar Stadium, if I recall the name of the stadium correctly. That, yeah, that was
0: their first stadium. Uh my dad actually went to school with uh a a player that was on there. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. He actually lived up here where I'm at. Um, Bob St. Clair. Oh, okay. Yeah. He actually went to high school with him. Yeah. He went to, my dad went to high school uh, with him. My dad was from the basically San Francisco area. So, uh, and my wife is leaving. Um, So, you know, he went to school then. Bob St. Clair just passed away. My dad used to have uh, season tickets to Keysar Stadium for the 49ers. That's awesome. So uh, I, nowadays, you can't go down to a football game without, you know, sacrificing your firstborn, which is an option. Because <laughs> um, they, since they moved into the that new stadium down in Santa Clara, I think the minimum price of a ticket – $200. That's just to get in.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Jerry Jones, uh, that stadium he built out in the Harlem for the Cowboys. Um, I still haven't seen a Cowboy game yet and their their uh, their pricing is just ridiculous for all events. I mean, I was actually at a, uh, was at WrestleMania 38 a couple of weeks ago. Um, a friend of mine from houston he had gotten the tickets for his birthday so i went with him to the saturday night show and uh i mean i don't think we even paid top dollar for parking like you would have for a football game but um uh, we paid 60 for parking Um, god you know two beers and two shots of tequila were like 70 bucks i mean it's just you know (laughs) thanks i'll pass it, it adds up Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I rather sit at home and get drunk and fall down and not have a problem at home. So, you know, Hey, ah, well, Uh, my week was uneventful. Did I did manage to demo most a lot of my backyard with my wife taking some frustrations out on the hardwood. That was kind of fun.
1: Oh, what are you doing? Clearing trees or?
0: No. Um, (laughs) yeah, I wish it was that simple. No. Uh, (laughs) since my mom passed away back in October, it was, a lot of the stuff has been, you know, maintenance-related, and, you know, we had a pool back there, but it was going to cost between five and seven grand just to redo the liner and everything else. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to rip it out. It was basically collecting mosquitoes. So uh I pulled, my wife had some rather cathartic release, you know, cutting the liner out and getting rid of it. And then... <laughs> we've been slowly dismantling the deck that was out there. We're going to put like a fire pit. So I'm doing a lot of kind of improvements along with doing maintenance kind of stuff, which I'm required to as part of the trust. (laughs) Mm. So I'm, I'm fixed.
1: You you were saying you moved into your your mother's old house, right?
0: Well, years ago, show God, uh, my wife and I've been married, what, 17 years now. So, Back when my daughter was about a year, year and a half, we got into f- uh, some financial difficulties. And, you know, my mom's living in this big old house. And I called her up. and I said, hey, this is what's going on. Can we move back in? And she goes, sure. But you need to maintain the house or help maintain the house. I'm like, okay only problem with that logic and her wanting us to maintain the house is when I wanted to maintain something, I got told no. <laughs> For uh, So it was I'm like, this is your house. You want me to maintain it, but I can't maintain it if you're not going to give me the financial means to maintain it. Uh-huh. So it was a rather frustrating, roughly about, Last 10 to 12 years when everything I would try and maintain the simple things she'd let me do, but the more expensive things not going to happen. And I'm like, okay, do you want me to maintain this? Or do you just want me to sit here? So,
1: I mean, was it, was it like structural or, or stuff that would, would, Uh, degrade maybe, um, not really at the house or something,
0: or no, it was you know, painting, uh, weeding. And you know, unfortunately, both my wife and I work, you know, let's step back. Growing up as a kid, me and my sister, my dad ran an insurance business out of the house. He basically that's what he did for 25 years. Oh, wow, he
1: was working from home before it became.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. He ran he okay. ran his he ran his a uh, business like that for 20, 25 years. He was in real estate down in the city. Uh he did all kinds of uh stuff, but you know, it was maintaining, painting, weeding. And based on with my dad you working out of the house, he had the time to, you know, between you know, clients, he could go weed, he'd go run to the hardware store. You know, if somebody called on the answering machine, he could get back to one on his time or he could go out and work in the yard to do projects. Well, my wife and I work out of the house. We don't work out of the house. We work out of the house.
1: Outside the home. Got it.
0: So when we're getting we're getting home, I got home anywhere from between. Between three and ten, uh, 10 at night some days. And the last thing I want to go do is paint or weed. <laughs> yeah. uh, especially with having kids, you, you got to take care of them, make sure they're fed and everything else. But that was that was it. It, it, it. It's a lot of things that kind of just didn't go the way that they should have. But, you know, my mother did not make it easy for both me or my sister. <laughs> in the, In the end, oh. it wasn't easy.
1: Yeah also now you can you can sort of uh recreate and you know do things in your vision and your kids are a little older now and uh although uh you know i'm sure that uh, you still have lots of activities going on i mean you can include them in the fun oh yeah and, and what what is a family activity like like uh cleaning out a backyard or or dismantling a deck or something if you can't get everybody involved in it
2: manual I mean, labor totally
1: for you manual labor <laughs> it's fun yeah. So, yeah, yeah. anyway,
0: so, well, since I know we kind of got started here, so why don't you introduce yourself and say what you do, and then I can reintroduce myself, and we'll go from there.
1: All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Mike Mahiran. I, uh, I am a dad of uh, two uh, grown young men, um, Patrick, 26, and Bobby, 22, uh, Patrick lives in Augusta, Georgia. He's a school teacher and a caregiver. And my younger son, Bobby, is uh, currently in New York City in Manhattan, uh, getting ready to leave to finish his um, graduate work at uh, Ole Miss University in Oxford, Mississippi. And he will be heading back up to New York City in, um, in August to, uh, to begin full time with uh, KPMG. I am a, um, a health and life insurance agent. I also dabble a bit in digital marketing uh, for, uh, for basically friends and family type clients. Um, I don't really do that as a, as a full-time gig anymore, but I have a few that uh, you know, I get a little bit of side, side hustle money on. And, um, and I'm just, uh, I worked in corporate America for over 30 years and retired a few years ago wanted to start my own business and uh, along the way got divorced, um, had to kind of climb out of that valley uh, and then uh, and then uh, met a uh, met a young lady um, uh, We dated for about eighteen months and we became married in um, in uh, late 2019 and have been together healthy be four years in July so um, lots of things have happened me over the last four years and uh and uh you know i uh that's that's basically my story uh you know as far as the um as far as the podcast goes i'm you know i've been through the battles with uh with kids growing up and uh getting them through and getting them out the door to go to college and i've seen my relationship with them uh, sort of transition from more of a uh, disciplinarian to more of a mentor and coach, um, just simply because they're grown people now. So um,
0: they're grown little people.
1: It me a long time. It, it took me a long time to kind of get uh, get my, my head wrapped around that, but now that I am, I am at peace with it, and you know hopefully they continue making good decisions, and um, I look forward to sharing that experience with uh, folks who may actually come and listen on podcast.
0: Cool. Well, thank you about that. Well, I'll reintroduce myself. My name is Mike Shane. I have been in, oh, let's see, telecom industry for the last 13, oh, wow, almost 14 years. Uh, worked retail for roughly about nine years along the way and had different various jobs, work in security. Tried to become law enforcement about 15 years ago and that never never panned out. But Say Levi, uh, I am a dad as well. I've got two twin boys that are ten, and my wonderful daughter that is fourteen, going on thirty. Uh, no, not really. She's actually a pretty good kid. So uh, some of the stuff I do with uh, my kids, uh, being that they're that age, my daughter, I coach her JV softball team for her high school, which is a study in rather an interesting dynamic of. 14, 14, 15 and 16 year old girls that have to learn how to play sport, which is awesome. I've seen a lot of improvement with them. And then I, with one of my boys, he, i like to, uh, we do karate three days a week. He enjoys it. So I'm on the opposite side of spectrum from Mike where his kids are grown. Mine are, you know, just learning how to walk basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So Mike is a new co-host after a search for a few, and he may not be the only one in the current status that we're at, but uh, I had Jeremy in the past and he was an awesome, awesome co-host. He had some personal issues to deal with, had one here and there and it just uh, had one show and that never worked out. But I think with the help of Mike that we are going to try and stay with this theme of digital age ascendance where we as dads are, you know, trying to help some of the younger fathers out there with, you know, some advice on, you know, how they can handle stuff, you know, just everyday life and see what we, you know, we, we, we can offer two perspectives, one from a young family to one that's got adult children and, you know, still as a family, but his, He's got an older family. So, what do you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I guess uh, we could just start why uh, you know you kind of outlined why we're here, but uh, again, uh, we met in an online forum on Facebook, uh, the, a dad's group, if you will, and um, you know, I found myself uh, getting really uh, getting really kind of. Interested in some of the uh, problems that were were uh, coming up as uh, requests for advice from some of these uh, some of these dads, and I, um, you know, I, I guess um, I I'm not sure why I gravitated to this group, but um, it came up as a suggestion for me, so I thought I'd try it. I, I do a lot of trying before I buy and all that kind of stuff, so. Uh, but I really saw a lot of the same kind of problems. I mean, problems with, with relationships, problems with uh, their, their children. Um, and, and it just kind of runs the gamut of, of, uh, you know, situations, but it's just things that, that are, you know, uh, difficult to deal with. And mm-hmm. um and what i what i found was there seemed to be so much uh, uh you know i got i got involved really quickly because i thought oh i can help this person i've got experience in that and i i can help this person i've got experience in that situation um but what i found out was that uh, yeah, number one i don't like to do social media on my on my uh, pc or my laptop i typically do things on my phone so uh i i be on, I'd be on the group for you know what I thought was fifteen minutes. I'd look up, it'd be a couple of hours. I'd been on this stage, <laughs> yeah, interacting with people. My thumbs were just really just getting really sore, and it's like I just felt like, wow, no, if only there was a way to just kind of reach more people that seem to have similar problems in a, uh, in, a in a medium or, or a or a venue that. Uh, was uh not so um not so individually focused wow sounds like sounds like something good for a podcast series
0: <laughs> yeah that's so, kind of why i started it
1: i mean and and then and then mike you you came looking for or you came asking hey anybody be interested in co-hosting a podcast about the issues that uh, that the fathers of all ages may may come come to have to face and oh. it's sort of it sort of snowballed from there. I, I immediately had an interest. And I fired off a message, and, and here
2: you know, we are. We've,
1: we've had some great conversations leading up to this first podcast. So, um, it, you know, that's that's kind of my story uh, to, you know, how we how we've arrived at this uh, at this uh, point in time.
0: Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I was actually flipping through, I think the group we met on, or one of the other ones I was on, but there was one that just resonated with me, and I'm trying to briefly find it, and it's probably not going to pop out of me right off the top of my head unless I do a quick search but anyway you know long story short for what I did read was that the this particular gentleman is having an issue with their 14 year old wearing you know sweats or shorts because everybody else is to school and kind of I kind of looked at that I'm going I, I remember back when I was in school shorts weren't allowed to be worn and I can't remember if sweats were allowed to be worn, but I think they either had to wear shorts or sweats in physical education class. You couldn't wear them to regular school. Nowadays, I see people wearing their pants down to their ankles and, you know, I holes in their jeans. And I, <laughs> jokingly, we'll go back to my I joke, you know, just like, okay, is he comfortable? And, you know, yes or no. And they want, it's like, I, you know, the father wanted to say they wear. he wants them to wear jeans. Okay. It's a little bit, you know, an everyday wear, which is what it should be, but I don't have a problem with sweats and maybe I'm more liberal than I like to be, but sweats or shorts, I I don't care one way or the other, but some of the other fashion, like with the, the holes in the jeans, I asked a couple of the girls on my daughter's softball team. I was like, I'm ignorant. Can you please explain to me the fashion sense of wearing a holy jeans? <laughs> and and they kind of looked at me, going, because that's what's fashionable. I'm going, okie dokie. Uh anyway, but I, my view of you know what basically with the fourteen year old the sweats or the shorts was. I'm usually headed to work, and the 14 year old's given the wife attitude. I'm going, Well, you gotta, I kind of got to have a unified front on that. You know, you guys got to come together. How I look at it say, you need to wear jeans, you can't wear the sweats or the shorts, or just let them wear the sweats and the shorts. I don't have a major issue with shorts or sweats in at school, but that's just my opinion.
1: So, does your wife have a strong opinion about it?
0: I don't think she cares. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: My 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 wife personally, I don't think she cares.
1: Does the school have a a dress code that uh, that doesn't uh, doesn't permit them? I mean, I I
0: I don't. I I
1: know you're you're speaking you're speaking in context of a a situation you saw online, but yeah, here's where I stand. I mean, to me, there are so many more things to worry about.
2: uh, Yeah
1: with the with with kids these days um you know i i just don't see where where that truly moves the needle i mean if they're it doesn't you know if if that's one less thing that they can take with them to school uh and and be singled out uh by not being part of the crowd that wears shorts or sweats um let me tell you i can i can certainly relate to this topic you know, in a different way but this is about 10 years ago when my oldest was in high school and he was he was bullied because of the way he dressed and um you know he he didn't really have much of fashion sense at all he he, he could care less what but you know people would tend to rag him because he would wear um he would wear you know jeans and dark shoes or or dark tennis shoes and and I distinctly remember he had this this black hoodie that he would always wear and it's like uh, I mean you know as a freshman in high school I was still driving carpool and every day he'd come out with (laughs) carpool kids that I was driving and stuff when it was my turn and you know I never thought anything about it but it's like he wore that same black Mm -hmm. black uh, hoodie uh every day I started noticing it about you know, December of his freshman year, it's like, uh, Patrick, you know, is that your uniform? He goes, what do you mean? It's like, well, you wear it all the time. And he said, well, dad, I mean, I, I kind of wear the hoodie because, you know, there are people in my class that are picking on me about about stuff and among other things, his clothes. And, you know, they'd be throwing paper wads at him and stuff. And it's like, and he just put the hoodie up to kind of, block him from getting hit and it's like well okay that's kind of a smart smart way
0: it's a <laughs> smart, smart way to deal with it
1: and um i remember some of his teachers during parent-teacher night or like you know do you know that your son wears a black hoodie to school and and i mean i know exactly the tone they were taking was that you think he's he's also carrying a gun and
2: she's oh,
1: you know it, you know and it was just a matter of well you know maybe if you guys would do your job and control the classroom uh and not let him be bullied in there um you know maybe he'd consider getting a change of clothes but i yeah. mean it, you know once once i kind of understood what was going on it's like i said you know what i'll sew in the wash on the weekends or at least it's clean on monday yeah you wear whatever the hell you want i don't care
0: well that that's just and it i i didn't care i See, you know, I hung out, you know, kind of on the same note. I hung out with all kinds of people—the rockers, the the jocks. I had friends from all different aspects of school, and I didn't care. I wore what was comfortable. Jeans was my primary thing. I wore jeans. I still wear jeans because they're comfy. Yep. Um, but you know, that context with that, I'm like, like you said, I totally agree. You, from a parent's perspective. You've got more important things to worry about than whether they're wearing sweats or shorts. I mean, they're an identity. I know on the on the same note, my wife's uh where my wife teaches, they want to make them wear a uniform to a, a certain point. Well, they wanted to I'm paraphrasing, they wanted to try and enforce this thing. Halfway, three quarters of the way through a school year, and I'm like, "Yeah, not happening." You got to get them in at beginning so you get them, you know, get them to the right way.
1: Wanted to implement this. Yes. Oh man, no
0: way. way. My wife, my wife is shaking her head, going, "This ain't happening. (laughs) This is not going (laughs) to happen." Wow. And and then they put it. They put the onus on to the teachers. Which, you know, in our down here, they can they barely have teachers to come teach. And there's a shortage of teachers. And, you know, my wife, I don't know how the hell she does it some days, but she is a special education teacher. So she's dealing with all that kind of aspect from kids, too. And the last thing on her mind is trying to enforce a uniform.
1: (laughs) She's got more important priorities. Yes, yes,
0: she does. Uh, You know, she's probably giggling in the other room um but uh okay either that or she's cutting something up and it can come after me with a sharp object I haven't figured out what yet um hi honey she's getting louder with a knife I should be in trouble um <laughs> oh, anyway right. but uh you know I I see two different kind of for dress code it's like are they showing too much skin and then the flip side of your daughter showing too much skin, you need to control your sons. Mm. Like how about you tell your daughters not to wear, you know, clothes or, and yes, us as fathers need to basically tell, you don't Google women all day long or you don't, you know, call them names or whatever. You treat them with respect. But yeah, dress codes are never something I've been a fan of. And I, I still to this day, yes. Was I distracted by women in school and girls in school because of what they were wearing? Yes. I'm male. But I didn't. Yeah. My wife is now flashing me. Um, <laughs> funny. Um, but I didn't let it. I didn't think I let it distracted me from school. From learning. I, I don't get where the atti- that attitude came from.
1: Um, Well, uh, maybe maybe
0: I'm remember. maybe I'm stupid in missing it.
1: No, 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 you're not stupid. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Uh, I grew up in the uh, well, when I was in high school in the in the seventies, it wasn't, you know, Van Halen was just kind of coming into into their own with the oh with know, hedonistic, you know, oh, yeah. rock and roll and stuff, and, and Hot for Teacher was several years after I got out of high school, but you know, that is that was that whole time around. You know fast times at Ridgemont high and all that uh, and and you know the culture of the day you know right wrong or indifferent I think I think it sort of encouraged a, a level of misogyny and a level of of yeah uh, you know behavior that you know thankfully we've all sort of evolved from and in a positive way where where we understand that you know that was that was disrespectful and that was uh, not um, not cool and and uh i do have a funny story since i brought up uh, van halen for teacher my senior year in high school and and this is in a suburb of dallas um there was a, a me and like three or four other friends we used to go to concerts all the time and we we saw van halen open for black sabbath and just we wanted to leave as soon as van halen got done but you know we bought the tickets so we stayed but you know we saw all the all the really really big acts of those days you know uh, but anyway um we all had the same english class and our teacher for that year it was her first teaching assignment after graduating (laughs) from teaching school oh no let's do the math she was maybe five six years older than all of us
2: Uh uh-huh (laughs) 17
1: she's maybe 23 24 uh liked to dress uh for the day and time she dressed really really Nah, okay. We thought she was pretty sexy to a man. We thought she was very sexy. I, okay. And, uh, we and you know we talked about Mrs. Smith. Her name is actually Mrs. Smith or Miss Smith at that time. Um, and uh, you know we talked about, yeah, was she looking at you? Oh, she looking at you? Oh, she likes. Yeah. Oh, no, she likes me. I had a few and teachers said, like that.
2: that.
1: Okay, let's fast forward about thirty years later. Fast forward thirty years later, my younger son is a junior in high school. At, uh, at a school that's uh, very close to where I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas. But uh, anyway, uh, same school district too. He, he comes home from his, uh, from his English Well, He comes home from class and he had had junior level English. And he said, hey, dad, guess what? What? Uh, we got a new long-term substitute teacher. I said, oh, that's great, that's great. Is he or she good? Oh, yeah, she's really good. And so, oh, that's great. It's just, Dad, you want to know her name? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's Milana Smith. I go, okay, am I supposed to know that or something? Is that supposed to be? same Dad, teacher? <laughs> Milana Smith. I said, whoa, wait, wait a minute. There was a senior English teacher at Berkner. No. <laughs> yes. Yes nice And we are now facebook friends she's a realtor now and it's just it's uh i haven't had the nerve to tell her about this story with her and my friends that uh we were all sort of uh we we're all sort of uh you know i guess in the old days you call it puppy love i don't know what you what you call it now but it's it's uh i i just thought man how could i mean that could only happen to me of course but, you know you know it, it it's it's it, it again it's uh, just the uh it's it's interesting how life uh how life uh, twists and turns and uh you get uh you get certain surprises along the way
2: so anyway, oh, yeah. i
1: i just wanted to put that one out there but um yeah mrs smith and i <laughs> you know uh, we uh, i have fond memories of senior english to be honest
0: uh, but, i can i i can tell
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. but,
0: but I, I don't know. I just, it just, it's just interesting the way schools have changed. I, 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 it's kind of funny. I remember my, my youngest of my two sons, he brought to my attention, mine and my wife's attention that this young lady was chasing him around in school. I'm like, all right, well, what's she doing? And, and kind of go on and on and, you know, Kind of remember back when I was in, you know, you know, elementary school. Yeah, we, you know, boys and girls chased each other.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, regardless, he, she, if I understood my son correctly, he said that she liked him, but he didn't like her back. Yes, I'm talking about you. Hi, Nathan.
2: Thanks, <laughs> boo.
0: <laughs> Go out that way, Goober. That way. You can't. I wonder, like, I, I, I did out, please. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm like, all right. Well, he didn't like he didn't like it, and it's just, and you know, and I'm looking at from a a, a different perspective. If he was chasing her and she would complain about it, he'd get in trouble. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. I don't think she has gotten in trouble for doing it to him. So I told, I got two stories. One's about my daughter, uh, too, on a different subject. But uh, Nathan, you can get away from the other side of the door. I can hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, I may be old. I'm not deaf. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I, I told my son, I said, you know, you, have you told her to stop? And he goes, well, yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Have you told the teacher? Yeah. Has it been addressed? Not all that well. I'm like, and she, cause she kept on doing it. And I, she so I finally said, you need to say something again. And if it doesn't get anywhere and it gets to me talking to the principal and the other parent, guess what? We're going to have fun. Um, yeah. I don't take kindly to, you know, getting ignored, um, <laughs> especially <laughs> when it comes to my kids. It's like, you know what, this he, they're doing the right thing. And, you know, on the flips, like I said, she's, I don't think the same equality of, you know, will be taken if it was him chasing her versus her chasing him. And there's a double standard, which just irritates the hell out of me. I
1: know, I, I know. To be honest, to be honest, Mike, I thought you might be going with, um, you know, after my story, I thought you might be. Be referring to a teacher that was going after your son? Um, uh, oh, hell so no! But but I mean, I'm I'm just saying, you know, we've seen so much of that. Yeah. Uh, these last few years around uh, around the country, it's uh, it's kind of oh. an epidemic. But but to your point, um, yeah, there is there is an inequality associated with innocence with children that's very frustrating because, again, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, a young lady. Uh, you know, cases or or pursuits or whatever, and um, you know, she's uh, in 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 most situations. I would suspect she's she's not really being suspected of being anything more than just you know overly aggressive. Put a young man in that situation, same age levels, and you know you've got you've got oh, toxic masculinity at work. Uh-huh. and You've got you got patriarchy and that sort of thing. And, and it's like, yeah, it's it's just you not equitable. Well, these kids are too too young and too innocent to be branded with that kind of stuff right now. And it's it is frustrating. And I and <laughs> as a as a parent, you know, I think you're doing the exact right thing. I mean, you are you are establishing the ground rules yeah. with your son yeah, and please. you're making sure that he's following through on those steps because again he's not seeing anything but his immediate you know uh, irritation let's call it that yeah but you know let's just let's just call it at the call call out the elephant in the room i mean you know it's like suppose the young girl says well you know because he's not paying attention to her oh he uh, he touched me there, inappropriately you know and then it's and then it's like oh my gosh then the, you know what's gonna hit the fan so um yeah it's 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 Tough being a a father. It's tough being a father of boys, and um, yes, the best you can do is just you know make sure your your boys and girls know what's appropriate behavior between you know both you know their their same sex as well as their opposite sex friends. I mean, because you know it's a uh, it's a a really scary world out there right now.
0: Well, yeah, and there was this, just an article that you brought up—the the to the, the teacher going after it. And I, there was actually one that is about, uh, happened about an hour away from where I'm at. That this female teacher literally just got charged. I think charged. Yeah, charged with thirty counts of child molestation from a school. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm like, what would possess you? male or female, I still don't get, but you know, what would possess you to go after a child? I, 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 that's part, that's part of the reason I wanted to go into law enforcement was I wanted to do because I've been around computers and just the knowledge I have that a person that is, has that kind of paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it, that, that media content on their computer of, you know, child related material and they go hit the delete key, doesn't delete it. So I wanted to go become a cop because I wanted a friend to friends nail these ass hats, you know, and get them to go to jail because you don't prey on kids. That, that just, that's my view. I don't care if you're male or female, you don't prey on small children. You don't prey on big children. Either way, I, I, don't know, I don't know what possesses other than, you know, we'll get probably later in the show, uh, the mental break for anybody to think they can get away
2: with it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it happens way too often. And you're right, it's, it happens between uh, male teacher, female student, happens female, female teacher, male student. It happens way too much. Yeah. To be to be um to be a mystery out there i mean you, you know i don't even read the news that much anymore and i can still you know i'll i'll see things pop up on on various news these that i'm on that talk about these situations and it's like you can't tell me that people don't see this and and it just seems like there's an element of risk taking that um that certain minds are wired to to uh go out and do that because whatever else is lacking in their lives they get some sort of a some sort of a rush some sort of a I, satisfaction out of out of that but it's just uh,
0: i it's i just couldn't tell you
1: so creepy yeah so so wrong and and yeah uh for for an adult to take away a child's innocence
0: yeah no uh, that's just, just it and you know my, me and my coworker were talking today and it came up what what may what may he and i can he and i are like brothers just from different people um but i don't know if you you know who ben shapiro is oh sure
1: yeah
0: Yeah. so i was watching i forget what video it was but it was it was about the don't you uh, don't say gay or don't whatever is out of florida oh
1: yeah the thing in florida yeah
0: Yeah, and i'm looking at this going It has nothing to do with being gay. It's don't teach it in school.
1: (laughs) You know, I I and I I made the mistake of trying to engage somebody on a logical basis about that, in that um, you know, first of all, I don't I don't understand what what teacher in their right mind seems to feel like there's a, a necessity to teach some. Child, male or female, about sexuality or or orientation or anything like that between kindergarten and third grade, so to me it seems like you know that's a a very very reasonable accommodation yeah I mean, it's, no, it's curious and stuff, but I mean, if it was me, I would say you know you have no business teaching that to any grade school child but so so in Florida it's between kindergarten and third grade, and it's like you would think that uh, you know, I was trying to pull people's toenails out with a with a pair of ice grips. I mean, it's like, you know, how dare I? How dare I question that? it's like, you know, how how can you not allow uh, allow that uh, that truth to be shared with these children, these impressionable children? I said, well, because you know what? They don't uh, need to be. Parents don't parents don't send don't send their kids to public school to be indoctrinated. And you know, and again, the the thing in, in Florida it's i think it's very reasonable you're not supposed to be talking about any orientation it's it's not it's not defined straight gay or anything in between. well i, I, mean, I
2: don't what talk
1: about it
0: yeah uh, i i do, I do have a yeah i do have a question i want to ask you and that just popped in my head but what I, he and i were to my partner coworker and i were talking about is you know what my wife wants to you know say about our our life here, she doesn't, she doesn't blurt out our personal life to the, you know, to the world, which, you know, that's a good thing. But if a person between kindergarten, say even fifth grade, I'll even give it that much goes up to my wife and goes, you know, are you married? My wife has the perfect opportunity to say, yes, I'm married to my husband. And that's it. They, they, honestly, that's her choice, whether she tells them that or not, but really is none of their business one way or the other but if they ask don't lie to them but you'd be honest with them but one of the things that was in this ben shapiro video was this the only i will admit i assumed that she was of the lgbtq lifestyle and i uh, honestly the same thing applies if a child asks you are you married i'm like Yes, I'm married to my wife. That should be the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, same thing for male. Either way, it's it's fine. Yeah, that's that's a legitimate reason, question to ask a teacher. Is it any of the kids business? No, that's up to the teacher's discretion to either answer them or don't answer them. But don't lie to don't lie to them. But on the flip side, I agree with you. You don't need to have that taught in school. I don't care if you're, you know, kindergarten through six or kindergarten through, you know, seventh, eighth grade. You know, that's when you're starting to get into biology and that's where it should be taught by a biology teacher. (laughs) Um, And then that's just my my personal view of that. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm negative, you know, or not supportive of anybody of that. that lifestyle I am. It's, you know, my microphone's just having a fit. Anyway, there we go. Um, I personally wouldn't want to talk about it. Can't, am I more than capable of talking about it? Yes. Uh, I, you know, people look at me some days, um, just in some of the comments and they kind of look like what (laughs) I honestly was the best man at one of my friends, uh, weddings. She got married oh. to her wife and I was the best man. I'm like, okay, that's the kind of, I'm like, you asked me sure. I'm more than happy to do it for you. I don't care. I, you know, they're living in Texas now. I, I just don't, you know, don't really care. She asked me, I said, okay, they get married on the you know, beach.
1: And, 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 and that's, and that's what the, that's what the current narrative I think discounts. I mean, um, you know I, i've sung in choirs for a long time and uh my absolute best friend uh, of all i mean he's a, he's a very dear friend of mine friend of mine i knew within i don't know first two rehearsals 15 years ago that he was gay and i knew that he had a long-term boyfriend and i ended up going to his his wedding i wasn't i wasn't asked to stand up for him and his and his husband but but again you can be you can be an ally. you can be you can be accepting of people with uh, different lifestyle choices than your own. But certainly that doesn't that doesn't mean that you have to accommodate uh, someone's need to uh, uh, take over your role as a parent, oh yeah, and and try and and explain, justify uh, whatever. To a child, and I mean it's it's not your child, it's not your place. I mean, you you as a teacher, um, I, and I I respect teachers. I have a son that's a teacher. Yeah. But I would I would I would strongly suggest to him that you know you stay out of your lane, you stay in your lane of teaching math and science and technology, and you know be the best you can be at that. And you know what you know you're going to have various various kids, they're going to think you're either the hardest, hardest there there is, you know, because of whatever reason, and there's going to be some that, you know, want to be your best friend, and you know what, Um, you'll have to, you'll have to make some hard decisions because as much as you may like or love these children as your students, you're never going to be their parent, and you should, you should always respect that boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i I say that with a lot of love to all my LGBTQ group friends and it's just it's just um you may not want them hearing from me about my thoughts about sexuality and orientation um and just give me that same that same uh respect no absolutely i think that's that's why you know i I get along with so many of my my friends that are gay um and and have alternative lifestyles Just i i don't i don't expect them to treat me any differently than they would anybody else i mean just but just you know have good character and you decide what my character is and that if we're a match we're a match if we're not no 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 harm done
2: not gonna hurt me i would
1: never one thing i would never assume to do is to to try and um explain any of my beliefs or any things that I, I feel strongly about with regards to gender or, or orientation uh, to another person's child. I just don't think that's my, that's my role. And I, don't, I certainly don't think it's the teacher's role. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of teachers for whatever reason seem to feel it is. And I just think they're wrong. Well,
0: I, I'd have to bring and my does wife- Does make
1: me hateful? I don't think so. I think it just no. makes me a concerned parent.
0: Yeah. I'd have to, you know, defer to my wife on this one, but you know, one thing I noticed during because you know, my kids were in school, the pandemic hit, and then they they transitioned over to the learning by distance, but it's one thing that there was a a definite error about parents. For you know, my, it was my perception. What it may not been what was actually happening, but my perception was that the parents use school as a daycare. And once that daycare was taken away from them, they were kind of going, "Which way do I go now?" Yeah. And I, and I and I trust me, I get it. Parents, both parents are working. Like me and my wife, we both work. You know, but I you would like to think that my kids can fend for themselves. They know how to call nine one one. They know how to make you know make a quesadilla, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They're not going to starve. <laughs> um, luckily, you know, a great way to, for my my wife. She actually started teaching in the middle of a pandemic, so she's like, oh wow. Yeah. See, she did.
1: She can, uh,
0: she can handle anything now. Yeah. She, I, she stressed out a lot. I was there to support her, uh, you know, to, to the best of my ability. Cause I was an essential worker working in telecom. So I had to leave. I I couldn't stay home, right. but you know, I tried to support my wife, but that's one thing that my perception was kind of going the involvement of the parents where it was lacking in these kids' lives. So I can understand somewhat it isn't their role but i can somewhat understand why a teacher may take a a student or students under their wing so to speak and you know try and help them because the parents just don't want to be involved and that that is what i kind of saw
1: well that's that's pretty sad and and, i agree I, i feel i feel very badly for those children because they're just you know every every child should be loved and wanted and oh, yeah. the idea that, uh, that people knowingly bring children into the world and, and don't feel a sense of responsibility and accountability for raising them is just I, I mean it's so foreign to me I, I can't even understand it
0: yeah no I'm and like I, a, I
1: kinda, So,
0: yeah I, I, I'm there for my kids uh, you know I, today was one of those days where I was like you know what fend for yourself for dinner <laughs> Yes. We had no idea what to make for dinner tonight, and it was just like, "Hey, go fend for yourself." So that's what they did. Um, so they're capable of doing that, you know. And that's what I, I think. You know, kind of get into some of the dad stuff that we've seen on the on the Facebook groups. I'm part of a couple of them, so I, I start getting it mixed up. But uh, that's the same thing. This is there's like a neg- negativity, and you know. Unfortunately, at least in California, and I'm probably going to get you know slammed one way or the other on this one. But in California, the tort system is slanted against men in in the parental role. They think that, and it just because I've seen it all. They think that men can't raise a kid. I'm going okay. How did this come about when you've got, and this is, you know, stereo, it's stereotyping, but it's also pulled from a headline is, you know, two things, Nick Cannon. He's a, uh, I think he's a yeah. actor or comedian. I can't remember. He's up to his like eighth or ninth kid. I'm like, dude, it's like, really, <laughs> can you stop? Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, it's like, and, you know, and it's not all the same woman. I'm going, dude, stop. You really need to guys, stop
1: Ma- Mariah carries that so
0: yeah,
1: you can yeah
0: yeah, and I'm just looking at the and and on the flip side, these some of these women that I've come across are like four or five kids from three different men. I'm looking at, wait a minute it's it, it, it why and then you know and you and you don't want to let a man raise a child, he's just as capable.
1: And we you know, we probably need to probably need to
2: That's a show in it of itself
1: <laughs> save a lot of that. Yeah, I will tell you, um, you know, I would just say this is that um I I, I am I'm really not uh not very I, I mean my my ex and I we had we had our differences and I I certainly had my share of the blame for our divorce and you know, I think if I if I believe in my heart of hearts that there's a there's an equitable world out there that she owns her her part of, in in our problems as well. Um, having said that, we raised I I think we did a pretty good job raising our kids. Um, and what I'm thankful for is that she um, she was unhappy for a long time. I was unhappy for a long time. Mm-hmm. But she waited at least until. Our oldest, our youngest child was was out of high school, and before she filed for divorce. Now, um, did it was it a shock? Uh, yeah. Was I really surprised? Not really. Uh, but uh, but be that as it may, I mean, the reason I'm grateful that she waited as long as she did because I have seen so many people destroyed by the court system. Oh yeah, and how how men are treated. In terms of uh, custody, in terms of um, child support, in terms of uh, visitation, um, all those things um, there is it, it just seems like the like the judicial system and you said california I, I believe it's this way across the country. <laughs> um, I believe that it's um, and i'm not trying to be misogynistic at all here, but I just think it's just a fact that that courts will Will in most cases excuse egregious behavior by a woman uh, mm-hmm. it, o- of a mother when it comes to child custody situations. I mean, I, I think there has to just be a clear, a clear inability for the woman to be able to take care of herself and the children. I mean, to the point of you know, either drug addiction, prostitution, you know, stuff like that just is is just so far out of out of the norm that uh you know that, that the dad that the father would be the better choice but unfortunately you know there's a there's a lot of women out there that game the system and oh, yeah. uh, and it's and really the court system is set up uh set up for uh for men to fail uh, on this i mean if they especially if they want to be um if they want to be equal partners in um, in girl in uh, being in their kids' lives, so um, even though all the all the studies and there's so many uh, you know just just you know facts out there that lean towards um, you know children of, of divorced families can come out on the other side as long as both parents are equally involved and are respectfully each other, and can can learn to give and take, Uh, unfortunately, it just seems like uh, many people are just out to, um, you know, see if they can win, and and the court, I think, generally decides that the woman should win, in in most cases, Uh, all things being equal.
2: Yeah,
1: well. Sometimes I don't think it's it's fair, so uh, again, I, uh, you know, yeah.
0: Um, but, you know, that's the other thing we keep on seeing in in on these on this dad group is like, you know, the last one I can't remember what it was like, you know, literally he just got effed by the by the judge in court again. I'm going I didn't read it because I'm going, OK, there was probably a reason um, that something happened. You, you didn't do this. the other. I'm like, whatever. I, I didn't I, I didn't read it. But it's the it's the theme. I see all that where you know, you're, you're getting screwed over by the court system. And, it, and it's just a theme like we just talked about. I, I just don't, you know, men aren't stupid. Well, some men aren't stupid. Um, <laughs> but I, I uh, and I look at that and, you know, this whole thing of going through court leads into what you also are talking about mental health and self-care and what you put in there were causes. And this right then and there is not being able to care for your kid because the mother is either uninvolved, is, doesn't want to be involved, and you're trying, to do, you're trying to do the right thing and go, hey, I'm right here. I can be just as an effective parent as she can. I, I just have to be given her the opportunity. And then, then it causes a lot of depression, you know, just by what people stating that they've been depressed and they're, you know, they're kind of at their wits end, you know, trying to fight everything. And that's when you have to fight harder for what you want. But it does cause a mental health issue. And, you know, and some men out there, myself included, uh, don't necessarily have to invent that or try and take care of themselves. So that's one thing that is part of this, you know, you and I want to do as part of this podcast is go – Hey, you know, these are some of the resources you have. You can call one of us. I have, I'll i have to do the bumper later, but the phone I have for the show specifically, they can call. Uh, and, you know, I may not be available right then and there, but leave a message. I mean, that's what the phone's yeah. For. Yeah, for.
1: sure.
0: Um, but I, I just think that, you know, being this, being this podcast, I think could be a support mechanism for those people that, are struggling either they can contact you contact me but i i think that definitely is an issue and especially now that the stigma is kind of going by the wayside it's still there for you know getting mental help um you know and it, it just you've got to be able to you know find the right resources and i i think there's some definitely Good resources out there. At least I know they're around here. Uh, I don't. I can't speak for Texas because I'm not from there. But there's a national uh, helpline, I think, for suicide prevention. I believe or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, we, could,
1: we could actually post that on the on the podcast. That might not be a bad.
0: Yeah, I think I, I I've got a bumper that listed it out yeah. um, on there. Um,
1: I would say that um, you know the uh, the the, uh, the pandemic brought forward a lot of these. Uh, Things that uh, you know that are that people are struggling with, both men and women, and mm-hmm. they have been a lot better um, over the last couple of years at uh, adding mental health, um, mental health counseling, um, uh, you know, therapy, that sort of thing, as as covered um, uh, covered uh, coverages, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, whereas it used to be. I remember, and I've been in counseling for a long time, and I, you know, I have, uh, you know, we can talk about about my issues on another show, but mm-hmm. I I do have some family of origin issues that have left me really angry, and I it, and sometimes it's a struggle to control it, but you have to, you have yeah. to control yourself. You're responsible for your own behavior, no matter how you were raised, and that's 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 a uh, that's undeniable, but. There are there are resources available, and a lot of the major insurance carriers are now uh,
0: yes finally
1: coming up with, with uh, letting you access counseling services where uh, it used to be just a few years ago. Mark, most of them were mm-hmm. were um, self-pay, and a lot of people, you know, I mean, counselors uh, don't come cheap. Uh, but you know when when insurance is uh, is ready to cover a significant portion of them, um, then it it opens the door for more people to get more help. And, yeah, and I, and hopefully, and I'm seeing that in Texas, and I I am licensed in multiple other states, and seeing that as well across the states I'm licensed in and and talk to people in. So, uh, yeah, that would be a great a great uh, topic for us to dive deeper into uh, on a future show.
0: yeah i can uh definitely uh thanks for... no i i definitely think that isn't you a... can say hi to my wife
1: hi <laughs> <Hold on. laughs>
0: okay. hey hey back off hi there, there she is
1: there she is
0: <laughs> my, my 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 favorite sped teacher
1: <laughs> Okay good to see you
0: <laughs> so she's probably looking at him and It's like God, you're talking about a lot of crap but you know it needs to be talked about so uh you know from what kind of resources along that note are available through your uh church or whatever you refer to your
1: well i mean worship again, well i sure uh there are um you know a lot of a lot of the uh programs offered uh, by churches are, are going to be more, uh, more along the lines of uh, helping immediate needs. Um, you know, if a father is, uh, you know, some, you know, let's just, let's just be real. Sometimes, you know, when, when a family breaks up, um, you know, even though, you know, the father may be the primary, primary earner, um, both families are, you know their their income goes down immediately
2: oh yeah
1: and it makes it very stressful and very difficult to you know even you know come up with uh, something like down payments I mean I know I know churches in my area are helping are helping with uh, divorced families come up with uh, with first and last month's rent Wow uh, vouchers for um for uh newre if you haven't noticed, uh, you know rents are going up all over, all over the country. Yeah, even though the the moratorium on um, on uh, evictions, I think, is still technically extended until
0: June. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know kind of like the student loan forgiveness. I think it keeps rolling over and over and over. Uh, I think the eviction moratorium uh, through COVID. Um, is continuing to be rolled over but um, people going into new uh, rental situations
0: aren't covered um,
1: as single people or maybe single uh, people with kids I mean it's just egregious I mean it's it's really really hard to qualify for for that uh, you know that uh, minimum income requirement and um, and first and last month's rent so um, churches around here are trying to do um, do what they can to, uh, come up with programs that are structured to, you know, help people, uh, learn, Good. you know, manage that and to get set up in new, new facilities and that sort of thing. And then I know for sure my, my church does a lot of work with, uh, with, uh, with men that, um, you know, are, uh, shall we say not, not, the, not ideal fathers and, uh, You know, and they've had they've had some issues with um, with you know violence and and uh, uh, that sort of thing, and they uh, you know they either have an option of waiting for the courts to direct them to go to therapy, or they can they can avail themselves of a of of a resource that they have at the church that uh, offers deeply discounted services. Uh, Again, they accept they accept insurance. And uh, or they will offer somebody without insurance, you know, a discount on uh, on getting some counseling services or, uh, to try to help them get to uh, where they can function as a as a parent uh, going forward. Um, you know, it's and, and really, you know, on the work side of it, um, again, several carriers, major carriers you've heard of. I don't want to necessarily advertise them because I don't want to be in a, I mean that. I'm not sure how the podcast uh, itself uh, works within my um, within my uh, uh, requirements as a as a licensed agent, so I just do not say it. But I will say several of the major carriers that you've heard of, um, and it's several several letters in the alphabet. Um, they are doing a really good job of making um, mental health uh, services accessible for um, for people uh, to to access, and and this even includes People that uh, qualify for uh, health insurance through the marketplace, uh, which a lot of that is subsidized in some cases. Um, So,
2: yeah, awesome.
1: If if there's a um, if there is some um, some need out there, uh, find an agent in your in your area that uh, can help you navigate that. And uh, if you're in Texas, I mean, you can call me, but uh, you know, I'm also licensed in several other states and. And I can, I can list those at some other time. Yeah, I don't know.
0: You uh, as far as advertisement, I, I yeah. yeah, that's still something new for me. On as far as the podcast goes, I as advertisements because there's a monetary aspect to it where you have yeah, sure. to, if you're gonna advertise, either you do it for free or they pay you to advertise. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to trying to do this. Kind of a, as enjoyment, and you know, to do it as free as I can. You know, we're out having. I always feel you know, even if somebody's going to advertise, they have a say in what the content of your what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> you're,
1: you're not going <laughs> to well, do that to me. Saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not I'm not going to be a shill for my company or for the carers that I represent. Yeah. Um. Just Just suffice it. Looking up the bigger carers. The bigger carriers out there are people that you've heard of and they are coming around to the the fact that uh and let's let's be real i mean they're being motivated by uh by the by the administration in dc and oh yeah i, I commend them i commend them for that and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of anxiety out there right now and it's mm. uh it's a um it's it's tough for many people to deal with and, and I will give the current administration some credit on, you know, them recognizing that and making those sorts of services accessible, um, even through uh, telemed services. You know, in case there's a lot of there's still a lot of doctors' offices that don't want to see people, or you know, they want they want
0: to. Oh, don't get messed me up started and start with you know, the doctors right now.
1: It wasn't wasn't meant to be that way, but I'm just saying.
0: Oh no, it's
2: it's great, nothing. Great.
0: <laughs> Long story short, it was nothing that had to do with the doctor I had. So, ironically, the doctor I had moved to Texas. Awesome doctor. She was about four foot 10 and carried a big stick. Awesome, awesome doctor. Anyway, no, what it was is my doctor left the practice here to move to Texas. And then my insurance company <laughs> assigned a doctor that was 30 20 to 30 minutes away from where we were. I'm like, um, Did you not look at my address? And I, so I spent probably about a week trying to get a hold of my insurance company and kind of go, um, Hello, I need a doctor close to me, please. And th- these people, the, no doctors were accepting new patients, blah blah blah. I finally had to call the doctor's office and going, Hi, I need a doctor. I need one to sign. Okay, this guy's taking new patients. Awesome. So, get that approved. I call my insurance. The the uh, I'll just say United Healthcare. I was just like I was going nuts. Anyway, so I called United Healthcare up. They were more than helpful to get me. You know, they I think one lady I was on the phone with for probably about an hour. She was calling these doctors' offices at the end of the day to kind of go, Are you guys accepting new patients? I'm like, wow. I I customer service was like, you know, a thousand percent. I was like, holy cow. And then I call, make an appointment with the doctor they set me up with. Oh, they're not accepting new patients. What? Oh my gosh. So I'm like, okay, round two. So I call them back again. I get a hold of somebody else. Right. No, sorry. This was after I called the doctor's office, going, "Hey, I need a doctor taking new patients." I called the 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 company. I'm going, "Hi, I need to take a doctor. This is the doctor's office I want to go to. They're not accepting new patients. Hold on. I just got off the phone with them ten minutes ago that they're accepting new patients. Oh, wow. It was just like, wow, this person. Yeah,
1: that's uh. That's a whole different kettle of fish, as it as it were. I mean, I I tell everybody I speak with, uh, I do ninety five plus percent of my appointments uh, over the phone or on Zoom, and everything I tell people is network, network, network. Yeah. In network, you know, you got to make sure that they are they have a a, a PCP ID. If that's who you're going, because yeah, most of them are going to get into um uh, the hmo networks and there's some good hmo networks i mean you have to be very careful about which ones you get oh yeah uh, but but you know a lot of them will have uh, great um uh great doctors in there but you know i i spoke to somebody last week who lost their job in january and is rolling off of cobra
2: oh and i'm sorry
1: they had they had BC, they had um, you know Blue Cross in uh, in Texas as their carrier for their uh, for their group plan uh, at at their company. But um, you know, I looked on the uh, I looked on the website for the for the uh, doctor's office, and they had uh, they had all these carriers that these doctors were taking, and I immediately saw that this guy was not going to get to have Blue Cross HMO on that because they only accepted PPO. But (laughs) what I was able to find out is like, um, how do they bill you? And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, does your bill come from your doctor or does the bill come from the medical group? He says, well, it comes from the medical group. Well, that's all the problem. I mean, the medical group bills, bills for it and they accept the HMOs. And so now he gets something familiar, he gets to keep his doctor. So yeah. again, that's, that's the game you got to play because a lot of times, you know, and, and what I tell everybody is that, you know, I'm going to go verify, I'm going to go verify on each of these people that I recommend for you that your doctors are in network. And I always send a screenshot to them with that doctor if they're in network. I say, but you also need to do me a favor. You need to call them. (laughs) You are are in network with this particular network, this particular carrier, because, you know, they have been known to be wrong and doctor's offices are in the business of treating patients. They don't always update their websites with with, who their approved carriers are. Oh yeah. Because, you know, they don't necessarily always have the uh, most up-to-date IT staff. A lot of them are outsourced and sometimes they just, that's something else going on, and uh they'll get that stuff updated so it's it's a problem for all kinds of things out there, not just this mental health thing, but
2: uh, yeah, I suppose
1: yeah it's just one of the things that your agent really should be doing for yeah. you and and sounds like you got a good one um out there and out there in your your part of california yeah but, uh yeah,
2: yeah me it's, you know,
1: it's, <laughs> yeah it's 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 baffling i i get it I get it it's uh health insurance is just geeky enough to satisfy my, my itch for numbers and problem solving and stuff.
0: There you and go. Yeah,
1: it's, you know, with all the rules changes every year, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, that's, that's a tough one to take on your own.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I I'm, I'm a stubborn pain in the ass. Just ask my wife. Um, <laughs> once again, I don't like taking no for an answer, especially when I have for to sure. deal. So Anyway, uh, is there anything you want to talk about or any more? I think we got a pretty decent I, show.
1: I think we. I think for a first time out, I think it's. I uh, think it's good. Again, uh, apologize for the uh, conditions that uh, that you're dealing with here. I'm like. I said, oh, you're fine. The Texas Gulf on the Texas Gulf Coast, and um, it's actually uh, it's pretty cool out here. It's not San Francisco cool, but it's. It's pretty cool for April in Texas, but yeah, uh, we,
0: we had get wind gusts today that I'm literally sitting relaxing in bed to, before I had to go to pr- my daughter's practice and the wind literally shook the house. I mean, it wow. was, yeah, it was, yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's earthquake weather or what, but it, it was blustery. I, and, you know, when I went to work this morning, I got wet, but there was no wind. I get up, I get up to here and I go to my yard and our the two flags we have on our mast are standing, they're waving, but they're, they're almost standing at attention is how blustery it was. Cause I, I had a, a buddy of mine in the coast guard explain to me that when a flag is extended all the way out, it's a, it's a 10 knot wind. Well, this flag was extended all the way out and black, you know, just waving in the wind. And so I'm like, I know it was more than 10 knots. But it, I mean, I get to the I get to the house and it's like, wow, what is going on? But it 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 shook the house on a couple of gusts. Where,
1: whereabouts in the Bay Area are you actually located? North are of San know, Francisco. You, so north of San Francisco. Sonoma County. So, Sonoma County.
0: Yeah. Okay. So basically, so, an hour. San Francisco is about an hour.
1: Okay. Um, so you're you're between you're between Napa and. And uh, and and San Francisco, I guess. So don't uh care. Napa.
0: Napa would be east of where we where I'm at. San Francisco south. Uh, Eureka. Ukiah. Eureka. U- I think Eureka is two hours, maybe three hours above us. I I haven't been up there in, in
1: yeah. several years. And, um. Uh,
0: Napa is wine summer. country and they're east, yeah. it's east. So yeah, I thought
1: when I drove back from Napa the last time I went through Sonoma, and it sounds like that would be a, probably did. a heck of a, uh, where, where's the NASCAR track uh, outside of Napa? Sonoma, Is
0: that town that of Sonoma. Sonoma, yeah.
1: Okay, I did go through Sonoma, uh-huh. so yeah. So, a, wow, I mean, because as I recall, it was it was fairly flat out there other yeah. than the track. And it seemed like you're kind of at a high elevation. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I
0: think s- I honestly don't know how high. Above sea level. <laughs> I thought we were a lot higher. According to Google, I'm 164 feet above sea level.
1: Wow. It, it <laughs> seemed a lot higher. I mean Yeah. It it seemed like I was going downhill as I was heading towards San Francisco out of out of Sonoma. And think, yeah, you would. Uh, if you
0: if you're going if you're coming from the racetrack and you go over thirty seven, yeah. yes, you're going down towards Vallejo and that area. Uh-huh. So yeah, okay. or is around that area.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a nut um, it's a
0: lovely area.
1: Um uh, yeah, no, I mean, great area as far as the scenery and the oh yeah. the lifestyle i
0: guess um well <laughs> the beach yeah. is the beach is roughly 40 minutes away so i mean we can hit uh good god i think goat rock and jenner is yeah roughly about an hour up the coast i, I remember my wife and i uh I think it was either for our 15th or 16th anniversary, we, uh, we basically didn't care. We shipped my kids off to my sisters and we went down and hit a, a, if you ever, if you love clam chowder and barbecued oysters and you're back around this area, Marshall beach, Marconi cove out, uh, down in, uh, Petaluma area. Oh my God. The clam chowder and the barbecued oysters are just, just delicious. Um, But we just, we just drove. We literally went down. I think we went down into highway one Marin County, you know, down there just in, just to get out. And we just, sure. just started driving and then we came back up, had lunch at Marshall, at the uh, Marshall beach, Marconi Cove area, and then came home. But it was, uh, there is a lot growing up as a kid, either smoking, drinking or going to the movies or the beach was pretty much the only things you could pretty much do. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, it's a nice area. My wife used to work for the uh, the parks, and she would have free access to all... Oh, good God. I think there's probably 20 or 30 parks in Sonoma
1: County
2: wow.
0: that she had, you know, free access. You could go there, you know, for free because she worked for them.
1: Uh, this is like for hiking
0: or... Oh, yeah. Hiking, biking, Um She actually, uh, she's got a group of ladies she goes with and she hits a different park every week and goes on a hike. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a large area. Uh, you know, if you like wine, it's got some of the best wineries in California. Um, we're, we're more of the, the Moscato, the sweeter wine connoisseurs than, uh, the Cabernets or the, uh, you know, uh, Pinots. Um, right. If you want to do wine tasting, my wife and I are really into that. But wine tasting, you geez, there's probably about 100 wineries <laughs> within yeah. 20, you know, within about 40 minutes of where I'm at. So, I mean, it's it's a nice, it's a nice area. We just, my wife and I just don't like, we don't drink that much wine. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of nice areas around here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, life hasn't let me take advantage of it as much as I would probably like to but it's, it's a nice area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I just know I've, I've really enjoyed the times I've spent out, out that way. And, uh, you know, just to, uh, just to have that, uh, opportunity to, um, oh, yeah. uh, you know, see that part of the country. I mean, it's, it's, it's always place I want to come back to oh, yeah. these days from what I've heard, not so much, but, uh, but all the, all the areas around it, I think are just, uh, you know, it's just an amazing part of the country. Yeah, it's it's. Been able to it's on. I mean,
0: just to kind of give you an idea, Marin County, which is uh, you know south of me, I think the median house is five, three point five to five mil for uh, I think a three bedroom house. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I you gotta get it. you probably I don't know what part of Texas you are, but if you get a chance, there's a guy that does. uh demolition ranch on youtube okay he bought a abandoned ranch house or abandoned mansion oh, in man. i think north texas i can't remember
1: well there's probably a ton of them up there
0: well yeah i, I mean but he he's a uh, his wife is a uh an engineer i can't remember what what our discipline or engineering was from and he was a vet a, a veterinarian And they bought this house and redid it. He just, he's really into firearms and prepping and bunkers. I mean, it's just like (laughs) (laughs) the guys nuts, but he he's actually pretty, he's actually
1: demolition. What ranch demolition ranch. Okay. Yeah. His name is
0: Matt. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, he's a, he's actually, I've enjoyed some of his videos. He's a little out there, but then again, um, But yeah, (laughs) yeah, I he's made him he's I think I looked up his worth on it. I think it was I think he was worth like five point five million dollars with all the stuff he does. Wow. I I can't remember the exact number, but it was like okay. Wow. Um
1: but yeah in America.
0: Yeah, only in America. I wish I I wish I could make that much in a year, but Anyway, yeah. I think uh, we're good here. I need to kind of yeah. get going because I have to, four o'clock in the morning comes around way too quickly.
1: That's, that's fine with me. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. righty. Uh, let's, uh, let's make plans for the next one.
0: Uh, you wanna you want to do Sunday? Is that going to work better for you this time?
1: I, I think Sundays in general, Sunday will work just fine okay. for me. If we can do it, say around, it is, is uh seven o'clock your time still good
0: uh p.m or a.m
1: early. oh um, either p.m um or uh if you want to do it earlier in the day maybe we could do i think we'd said like uh like noon my time but if we could push that to 1 p.m my time which is what 11 o'clock your yeah. time
0: 11 o'clock is fine
1: or or the evening either one
0: yeah evening yeah. sunday evenings are like again it's one of those days where i'm it's my going back to work the next day
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i want i want to leave that i want to leave that uh, uh sacred for you so yeah uh, anyway um as my uh as my <laughs> counselor likes to say uh it's been good and i'll see you next week and be good to yourself
0: you too you as well thank you sir right. thank you Mike. thanks for staying and listening today if you like to get a hold of myself i can be reached at area code seven zero seven. Please leave a voicemail or send a text. I can also be reached at digitalagedescendants at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening. So as we discussed in the show today, this country is facing and has faced in the past years a large mental health problem. As I mentioned in the Show Congress doesn't seem to want to realize that or they just don't care. But we have a large amount of suicides in this country that we need to take care of. And part of Jeremy's passion, and I am going to follow suit, is we want to bring attention to this issue. And by doing that, we hopefully can help some people. So I'm going to provide the National Suicide prevention lifeline and that can be reached at 1-800-273-8255 if you're facing a serious mental health break or somebody member of your family sees that you're facing a mental health break don't be afraid to ask for help reach out to myself reach out to jeremy reach out to some other medical or mental health professional we want you to stay around especially for your kids